This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Michael Barr, and you're listening to The Business of Sports. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. And today, it's Fantasy Football Draft Day. Pretty much all of the drafts are behind us. Now, some people still might be drafting right up until Thursday kickoff or even uh, up until the weekend. So let's look forward a bit now to week one to help you win your season. I'm joined by Bloomberg radio producer Rich Truman. And don't forget to catch his weekly fantasy football column that comes out every Thursday this season on the terminal. We're going to talk about that in a second. And Bloomberg Intelligence's Damian Sassauer. Gentlemen, we've had our draft. Uh, well, now I know the, the <laughs> grades, you know how it is. You get graded and it's like, yeah, you don't want to pay attention to it. But when the first sentence starts out, unless you know something we don't know, it's like, well, wait a minute, man. It's like, what's going on here with this draft? So, yes, I mean, you know, it, people have weighed in on, on the drafts and the, the top 10, top 12, pretty much easy. But I'm going to start with Rich. Uh, those are those hidden picks that might help somebody uh, trying to win week one. What do you got? This week, uh, my top value play is David Johnson of the Texans, and of a couple of reasons why. They're playing Kansas City this week in the opening NFL season, and when the two teams played last year in the playoffs, they combined for 82 points. So I'm expecting another high-scoring game. I'm expecting the Texans to play from behind, so I think he'll get a lot of catches, the running back for the Texans. I think they're going to give him the ball a lot on the ground and through the air. And Damian will probably attest to this. Uh, probably the most critical, controversial trade in the offseason was DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, and Coach Bill Bryant took a lot of heat in the press. So I think he's going to force-feed David Johnson to try to prove to people that, you know what, I got a good player in this acquisition. So I'm very high on David Johnson this week. And I should add that that Thursday night game, Kansas City is favored by 9.5 points over Houston. So you're right, I can see them playing from behind. But now, Houston, they do have uh, scoring uh, uh, cogs in there. And like you just mentioned, uh, with the Johnson. Uh, Damien, what do you think? I mean, what, are you looking at anything that uh, is a little special value out there? Well, you know, I mean, you know, for me, I have to, I mean, take the other side of that because David Johnson's one, I, he's, he's one of uh, the early run fantasy football draft picks on my list that have the biggest bust potential. And I'll tell you why they have a tough schedule. I mean, yes, they've got a favorable matchup against Casey this weekend, but it's Bill O'Brien's new offense. And then they've got Baltimore and then at Pittsburgh to open the season, you know, and they also play Chicago and Tennessee later in the season. So 
you know, as the season progresses. I mean, David Johnson hasn't looked the same in some time. You know, I'd like to see a little bit more. And where he's going in drafts, you know, call it the fourth round, might be a little bit too weighty for me personally. So I put him in more of that Levy and Bell category. Yeah, the offensive line in New York is better. But, again, very tough schedule. Opens at Buffalo, then San Francisco, at Indianapolis and Denver. I mean, those are just tough schedules to open a season for any running back. Um, For me, I'm looking at this week, and you're absolutely right. I mean, in addition to Houston KC, which the over-under is at 55, there are six games, well, another five games in addition to that, where the over-under is over 48, and those are Dallas versus the Rams, Seattle versus the Falcons, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, which should be a barn burner, and uh, Vegas, Carolina, and then Cleveland, Baltimore. So, you know, the fact of the matter is those are the games where you want to kind of have exposure, have some fantasy, you know, some fantasy impact in your lineup. And I'm going to start, too, with, and this is a first-rounder. We're talking about the KC-Houston game. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and uh, he's the rookie running back. Uh, And I have him in another league because I believe that he's going to explode. But, and there's the big butt out there, he is a rookie. And that and it always scares me. And I just I just leaped off the cliff this time, and I said, you know what, our league and the other league, I'm going youth. So, what do you think about Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the season? A couple of years ago, I believe it was the opening game, Kansas City played New England, and a rookie named Kareem Hunt, I believe, scored three touchdowns that game. <laughs> so, running backs do very very well in Andy Reid's offense. So. Darrell Williams is the backup. There was there was talk they might split time, and as we talked uh, in last week's podcast, there was no preseason, so we you know you kind of missing some things, seeing how much they would have used the rookie in the preseason. So that remains to me seeing if they're going to ease him in or they're going to give him a lot of carries to begin with. But you know, like I said, running backs Damian Williams in the end of the season and the playoffs excelled fantasy wise in the Andy Reid offense. So I, I would think he's a pretty safe safe bet this year. I, I absolutely agree, but you have to back him up with Darrell with Dara Williams. I mean, there were really three lottery ticket running backs this year that you just have to you have to back up your, your starter with. One is Darrell Williams. The other, I think, is Alex Madison in, in Minnesota. The other being Tony Pollard backing up Zeke in Dallas. I mean, you have to back up you know, your, your aces with those guys, in my opinion. But it really takes me to you know your point, right? I mean, a rookie's going to have an impact this year, and you know, the question you really have to be asking are, you know, at this point, what players are still available on the waiver wire that can help you win your league, right? And so, you know, on my list, it's mostly, uh, you know, second-year wide receivers and, and a couple rooks, you know. I mean, I like Brian Edwards on Las Vegas, the rookie wide receiver out of South Carolina. I mean, he had the school record at South Carolina in both receptions and receiving yards. No one's talking about him. Obviously, he's across from rugs, but with Tyrell Williams placed on season-ending IR last week, I mean, you know, I, I just think, he, you know, Ruggs is going to draw a lot of attention and open things up for him. Another one, you know, and again, this goes to my second-year receiver um, call. It's, it's going to be Alan Lazard in Green Bay. Preston Williams in Miami, Paris Campbell in Indianapolis. You know, those are all second-year receivers that, you know, are going to be – people are going to, you know, they're going to be out there on a lot of waiver wires, you know, and they can add a lot of value as the season progresses. So I, I've got my eyes on all of them. Damian, the um, three running backs you said that you needed to basically handcuff, guess who has all three in our fantasy league? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Well, I got to say this, and, you know, just just taking a step back, anyone who has the name Team and their team name in any fantasy league should be immediately thrown out. So Team Richard should, you know, you need to make a change. I I will do that. That that was assigned to me by the former great commissioner, so I will have to revise that. But that name was given to me. But I, I I will have to change that. 
I got I got to change mine too. And, and in fact, uh, if you're out there on Twitter, I'll take any advice for a team name. You can shoot me up on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. Now, and, and don't give me something silly like Pookie's Gang or something like that. I want I want a good name for my team. So if you got something. Shoot it out there and let me know. But Attorney blame- General Barr. Attorney General Barr might be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so before I get into trouble, I'm going to bring up another running back. And this is an old running back. Every time I write this guy off, I say he's too doggone old. That's it. It's done. It's over. He always shows me something. Carlos Hyde, Seattle at Atlanta, it's, and and I just it, every time I think there's nothing left in the tank, here comes Carlos, and I just wonder if you're playing daily fantasy sports, and you need a cheap running back, what's his advantage? Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't see Carlos Hyde adding a whole hell of a lot of value this week, particularly. I think he adds value as the season progresses. They're going to give Chris Carson every opportunity in Seattle, I think, to uh, to be the bell cow, quite frankly, and. You know, they've got a lot of mouths to feed. They've got Metcalf. They've got uh, Tyler Lockett, obviously. You know, and Russ Williams likes to use his feet as well, you know. So while the fantasy impact, at least in week one, might 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 be minimal, you can see some I, – I'm sure he'll pay some dividends as the season progresses, certainly if there's an injury to Carson, who, who, you know, who's had some problems staying healthy in the past. But, you know, just looking at week one, you know, Michael, I mean, I have to say, you got to be looking at streaming quarterbacks and streaming defenses. And, you know, for me – Indianapolis at Jacksonville, I mean, you know, what a better defense to pick up in week one if you kind of missed out on Baltimore or Pittsburgh or San Francisco, right? And certainly if you're looking to pick up a streaming QB, i got to believe that Bill Belichick has plans for Cam Newton versus Miami at home, you know? So, you know, that's one that kind of catches my eye. I also like Tyrod Taylor at Cincy and even Philip Rivers, again, at Jacksonville. I mean, let him get his feet wet against Jacksonville, who's pretty much mailed it in. Yeah, so uh, my column this week, uh, I did a stretch. I did pick Philip Rivers. I'm picking two quarterbacks, two running backs, um, two wide receivers, two tight ends each week. And I did do Philip Rivers, although when I looked on some of the popular websites, one he wasn't ranked, the other one he was ranked 24th. But, you know, Jacksonville has a porous defense. They let a lot of people go. Indianapolis has a great offensive line, great running game. I could see him getting a couple of touchdown passes with the play-action fake. So I actually am high on Philip Rivers this week. I'm going to bring up the name of Adrian Peterson for Detroit. Of course, everybody knows that's my team. I love Detroit. No, I'm not going to pick up Adrian Peterson. Well, Michael Barr, Michael Barr, can we stop naming running backs who are over 30 years old? Can we start getting them a little younger than this? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I want to bring up. It's like Washington cut him. So what is it that's happening with Swift or on Johnson that we don't know about? I believe he's related well, like, AP with his old offensive coordinator in Detroit, so that's one aspect. But that's one situation I would stay completely away from in the backfield of the Detroit Lions. I wouldn't want any running back on that team until something emerges. Now, here's one, Rich, where I completely agree with you. You know, Detroit has historically let fantasy owners down when it comes to the running back position. And that's largely because they've just got so many passing weapons. I mean, with Galladay and Marvin Jones, I mean, you know, I'm just – you know, and, and, and now Hawkinson, who really was hurt for most of last year, you know, I think he's going to have a big year. You know, I obviously picked him up in our fantasy league. So, you know, I, 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 I think Detroit's more of a passing offense. I think Stafford has a bad back year. And so you're right. I probably of those three running backs, you know, the one who I think is probably most undervalued is Kerry Johnson because he's wearing a knee brace in camp and people just, you know, he's just sliding down the draft board. Whiteouts, gentlemen, the one I'm looking at right now that do some serious damage, Michael Thomas, New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. Your thoughts? 
Damien loves him. <laughs> I do love him. How do you not? How do you not love a wide receiver who's projected to get 130 receptions and 1500 yards receiving on 10 touchdowns for a full season? I mean, he is he is legit. But you know, the other guy. I mean, I I I, I love Devontae Adams this year. I'm sorry. I think you know Green Bay is going to put up more points than people give him credit for, and Devontae is a beast. So you know, I think those two receivers are head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, and that goes. For guys like Julio Jones and Tyree Kill, and even DeAndre Hopkins, who signed, you know, the largest non-quarterback contract ever in NFL history this week, right? So, you know, all great receivers, all great talents, but question marks around the last three. I, I, I like Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas a lot this year, especially in PPR. And it's funny you mentioned the Green Bay-Minnesota game because that's the game. Minnesota is favored by two and a half. But I could see Green Bay outright winning that game. And if you're in a survivor pool, I'm I'm starting to think it's like maybe Green Bay might be something that I can get my value out of and out of the way with. Things are different this year because, you know, they usually count for three points for home field advantage, but most of the teams are not going to have fans in the in the stadium. But I think uh, Damien would agree you really don't want to do a survivor pool on a two-and-a-half-point spread because I could see either team winning that game. Yeah, I think Indianapolis is probably the go-to pick for most survivors this year, this week, right? I'm sure of that. But you know, I think um, that's what I did. You know, I think. <laughs> I, 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 look, I mean, you know, or Buffalo even, right? I mean, anyone playing the Jets, and I'm a Jets fan. I hate to say it. The truth be told, Minnesota. Dalvin Cook, you know, the problem I have is, you know, I think people underestimate the impact Stephon Diggs had on that offense just in opening up things for Adam Thielen. And now you have a number one cornerback. You have your, your Patrick Peterson kind of lined up beside, you know, alongside him. I think it's going to make Thielen's job that much harder and that much more difficult. And maybe, you know, it'll make things harder on Kirk Cousins, obviously, to get him the ball. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I think Green Bay can definitely, uh, can definitely upset this week for sure. Tight ends, gentlemen. Uh, of course, the top ones, Kittle, Kelsey, they're out there. But uh, I've got my eye also, and it kind of goes back to the game that we were talking about, the uh, the Indianapolis game. I'm just wondering uh, how much value that, uh, like a Tyler Eifert or those two for Jacksonville or for Indy uh, for Jack Doyle. What are you guys thinking about that? You know, I have the tight end on Jacksonville. I, I, I actually think that, you know, we could see Taylor Eifert basically, you know, perform in that offense without DJ Chark and with no running back there. I mean, who else, you know, quite frankly, is Gardner going to throw the ball to, right? So that's kind of why I have him as a late round flyer. But, um, but I think Jack Doyle is going to have a real role on Indianapolis. I think you nailed that one, uh, Michael. I mean, I think, you know, the Indianapolis offense is, is going to be underrated. They do have by far the best offensive line it looks like in the league this year. And, you know, they've got a young, a young backfield. They've got a veteran quarterback, you know, one that loves, as we know from Antonio Gates' days, to get the ball to his tight ends. So I think Jack Doyle is poised for a big year. Oh, I have a question. Which tight end scored seven touchdowns in his last eight games last season? The answer will be, and he's going pretty low in the draft, Jared Cook, tight end New Orleans, who had a really good connection with Drew Brees the last half of the season. So that's a, a tight end to keep an eye on, possibly. Which, by the way, uh, I want to talk about Cam Newton right quick. Uh, I, anytime anybody is under Bill Belichick, <laughs> that's an automatic three for me <laughs> for extra points. And I think Cam Newton is going to be one, have one whale of a season. Uh, first of all, he's not injured. And people keep forgetting 
he was injured last season. I mean, he played through like a messed up shoulder, and then the season before that, and then people were all saying, oh, he's, he's done, and what's wrong with him? Well, you go out and play hurt, and let's see what happens. So I'm, I'm thinking at Cam Newton to have a good season as quarterback. Well, on the flip side, that means he really hasn't been healthy in two years. So how right. much rust does Cam Newton have? You know, Cam Newton's an interesting choice. You know, he definitely is going to have a chip on his shoulder because he signed a very small contract just to play this one year in New England. So he has a lot to prove. And, you know, incentives can mean a lot of things uh, for players. So he could be due for a nice season. Yeah, I, I like Cam Newton this year. I think Bill Belichick, I mean, this is going to be a real test of, of what he does and does well. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does with Cam Newton this year. I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, I don't know what the stats are off the top of my head, but Tom Brady was pretty much good for three touchdowns rushing on a season every year in that offense, just getting it in from the goal line. Now imagine what Cam Newton's going to do. And in most leagues, you know, rushing touchdowns are six, passing touchdowns are four. So if they can really get Cam Newton moving again outside the pocket, using his legs again, I think he can have fantasy relevance for sure damien said this by the way too before we wrap up rich we got to come up with a name for your article man it's something good it's what do you think damien well, Damien was talking about my team name in our league, I believe. I don't know about the article because I don't know. No, no, I, I, the, the, Richie, article. the Richie Rich Value Player of the Week no. or something along those lines. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I read. <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right. <laughs> I love you, remember that's out every Thursday. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and two of the smartest guys in fantasy sports. I learned a lot from them. Thank you very much, Rich Truman, Damian Sassauer. I'm Michael Barr. You can catch our podcast right here every Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays on Twitter. You can find me at Big Bar Sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports, Bloomberg Radio, around the world. <laughs> 